time to take the next step with Looney Libis. Last week went long, so this week the discussion continues with... My name is Devin Thorpe. I'm a regular Forbes contributor. I call myself a champion of social good. I'm all about social entrepreneurship and impact investing. So what's happening in the world of crowdfunding at the moment? We saw about $75 million of funding under Regulation CF last year on you know, the qualified portals. That was up only about 5% from the $72 million the year before. In my mind, that's uh, disappointing. I would like to see more. I'd like to see much more. You can raise a million dollars from non-accredited American investors on a platform that follows Regulation CF and $75 million moved last year. Yes. Yes. So I think the average deal is probably, and I, I should have good data on this and don't, but I think the average deal is probably around $100,000. A lot of people are raising less than the limit on, of 107000 If you don't raise more than 107000 on your first crowdfunding campaign, you don't need to have reviewed or audited financials. And reviewed financials, of course, you know this, are typically about half the price of an audit. But if an audit is 20 grand, you know, a review is going to be 10. I've not seen an audit for 20 grand. Audits are 40 grand now. Reviews are like 25, 30. Yeah. So you can imagine the, the friction that's creating. And that's why a lot of people would like to see the, uh, the cap lifted. I guess my mindset would be to allow people to raise more. I don't know what the limit should be without the reviewed financial statements because investors uh, have customarily invested without the benefit of uh, reviewed or audited financial statements. And, and some of these websites I've seen that do regulation CF are also doing regulation A+. plus. Yes. So what's the numbers on, it, on Reg A? Reg A uh, is much, much more. And uh, that's where the money in crowdfunding is really being made right now uh, for the intermediaries, those that are set up with the proper broker-dealer status to be able to do both Regulation CF deals and Reg A plus deals. They're, they're making their money on the Reg A plus deals. Do we have a stat on how much was raised in 2018? I don't. I should. But, you know, the cap on that is $50 million. So you probably could take the top two deals and be more than was raised under Reg CF. Yeah. Um, or close. So it's, it's, um, it is a much bigger deal and it does allow ordinary investors to participate just like they could, can in an IPO. And the company that raises the money, there is a path for registration and you can end up with a public company. So it is a means of doing a small IPO. Most companies are not choosing to treat that as an IPO and are not going public with their Reg A+. Plus. The shares are not listed, but they are more liquid than they would be and more marketable than yeah. if they had I, I'm, been. I'm presuming they're not picking that path because that there's more regulatory costs than the uh, compliance costs after you go public. Right. Yes. Yes. If, if you go public, you're, that creates a regulatory burden that is permanent and ongoing. Yes. So I think that's why they're choosing that. The markets, in my mind, broke after the crash in 2000, after the dot-com crash. The, the, what happened was that the regulations that came following that, which in many ways were healthy, had some unintended consequences, but they substantially increased the cost of being public and reduced the appeal of being public. So most 
many companies are waiting longer to go public. And I think that's bad for the economy because it means fewer people have an opportunity to participate. It's one of the reasons I get very excited and, and, and very positive and excited about Reg CF and Reg A plus because it's giving ordinary investors a way to participate in the capital markets earlier than yeah. was happening from you know about 2000 to about 2015. And and I always so you're right. I'm, I'm the contributing factor was certainly the dot com crash, but what sometimes we forget is Enron was like a year later or two years later. Yeah, uh, and that was just straight up fraud. Yes. Uh, what's the line in Washington? Uh, never let a crisis go to waste. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, so there you go. You got a crisis where this this giant company committed a huge amount of fraud, and you get to shut it down as a government. Yeah. And so there's a crisis. You know, a lot of people lost all their savings because every Enron employee had a 501k that only owned Enron stock. And there's the crisis. And so great, it's time to write the regulations. And oh yeah, there was that dot com crash we never took care of because you know it crashed, but it didn't crash instantly. It wasn't a 1929 one day crash. Right, right. It took Good a point. year. Uh, and so, yeah, let, let's fix that too. And yeah, I think they went a little overboard. Yeah. Yeah. There were some shenanigans with, you know, information, you know, that they had some Chinese concept of a Chinese wall at the, at the brokerage houses. And so the underwriters and the analysts were talking way too much in the 90s. And, and that did corrupt the process. But companies had nothing to do with that, and most of the new regulations, uh, although they addressed that issue, they addressed they put a lot of burdens on companies related to Enron and WorldCom, making it much more expensive, especially for small companies to be public. So, yeah, did you write anything uh, last year when they passed the uh, the Fix It law that fixed some of the Reg CF stuff and and up the ninety nine investor rule to to one ninety nine or two ninety nine? No, I didn't. I should have. I was excited about the 99 investor rule uh, getting tweaked, at least. Uh, yeah. Because I live under that rule. All right. So Reg CF is having some success. It's not zero. And right. Reg A seems to be working. Where do you think these are going? you think, yeah, well, let's just say uh, in, in 2021, when wh whoever's running the government uh, is thinking about the next thing here, uh, what do you think is on the list? What, what are they going to do to make it better? What I would wish and what I expect are probably different. I expect the limit on Reg CF to be raised. And if I had to guess, I would say it'll get raised to the neighborhood of two million. I know a lot of people want it to be five, but the I think the philosophical underpinning of Reg CF is that it is small offerings. And uh, so I just don't see it getting to five. I may be wrong. I would rather them tweak the some of the other rules to make it a little less expensive rather than raise the limit. Uh, reg A, or A+, plus, as you point out, is working quite well for larger offerings. And so we don't need Reg CF to compete with the Reg A, but they, they need to set up to complement one another a little better, I think. Have you seen any... Any blockchain stuff, crypto stuff that's impactful yet? I'm seeing a lot. And what excites me there is what they're calling wrongly securitized token offerings. They should be called tokenized security offerings. But issuing a token that represents your share of stock, that's a thing. And I, I expect that that, tech, that blockchain technology will be how all financial assets trade in the future. Uh, and that will probably, and maybe first, 
uh, include real estate, right? Because it'll be such an easy way to fractionalize real estate and yet still keep track of who actually owns that fractional interest. But it'll work really well for stocks, for companies, and all kinds of things. And I expect that cryptocurrencies, as we kind of came to know them in 2016, will all go away. I, I don't think that's a thing. Hmm. Um, okay. I, I think that was those were interesting experiments. Most have already failed, as I understand it. Those that haven't failed will. My future prediction for not necessarily for 2019 or 2020, but my, I think the the uh, ultimate price for Bitcoin is zero. But I think that there are that? some really cool things. Did you publish that, or do I have the exclusive on that? <laughs> yeah. So, that question. Was that in an article or are you, are you stating that for the first time here? I have said it elsewhere. I've never put it in an article. Okay. I have said it elsewhere. Yeah. So what, what I learned from 2017, right, which was the year Bitcoin went from a few hundred dollars to, to 19,000. Right. I, I finally learned that year why we have the 1932 and 33 Securities Act. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I would have told you in 2014 when I was advocating for the Washington Jobs Act, the, the Washington version of crowdfunding, uh-huh. uh, that it was all stupid and we should just you know, let people invest. Yeah. And, and then they did in 2017 into cryptocurrencies. But what I discovered in watching that, that uh, industry pop up, if you want to call it an industry, yeah. uh, was how many scammers showed up. Yeah. And... And they got money because people didn't understand what they were buying. And so then I understood why we restrict who's allowed to buy. I still think the restrictions are just arbitrary in terms of who they let buy and who they don't because, right. you know, having money in the bank doesn't make you smart about investing. Right. It means you have totally money agree. versus, you know, take, you know, have you been trading stocks for 20 years? Yeah. Right. If you know how to do that, maybe you know how to buy this next thing. Yeah. But we'll never get there. Uh, uh, SEC is not going to not going to go for a uh, you know information tested way of crediting people. Yeah. But it was I fear you're right. But I agree with you that that would be a better model. Yeah, it's been proposed, but it's never going to get picked up. We we are I believe we're stuck with the uh, 32 and 33 and 40 acts for for my lifetime with a few tweaks. Yeah, I hope we can tweak it. This has been great. Great discussion, Looney. It's been great to reconnect. Thank you. Thanks for coming on.